0: So a way
1: politic podcast the show for normal americans from this undisclosed bunker here's your host Tony
2: Reed. to be honest like it's it's actually really hard in this space right like we have like 45 seconds to record a video keeping right. people's attention and a lot of the people on our side, like if they start hearing, like I've actually done it before. I've, I've criticized like a Democrats, like specifically Hakeem Jeffries, and it, it all just went south. Like I started losing followers. Like it's bad, right? And I really want to be that person that like reaches the other side because Democrats, I mean, they're horrible at their jobs, right? They do a lot of sh- shitty things. Although I'll vote for them all the time.
3: If the Fed raises interest rates again today, um, as it's poised to do costs for Americans who are borrowing on their credit cards, mortgages and student loans, are going to go up again. So, what does this administration have to say to working families who have already slid into debt over rising inflation and are now going to be paying more?
1: So, here's what I'll say first uh, to the Fed. As you know, first and foremost, the Fed is an independent, uh, is independent, and we do not comment uh, on the or, or interfere uh, in their policies. The president made that clear. Uh, he wanted to make sure that the Fed has has space. Uh, to uh, to make their decision and to make a uh, monetary policy. So want to be very clear about that as it relates to inflation.
4: And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 5th of May, year of your or Lord, 2023. That's a good little intro. They really shit of their job. The economy sucks. Yeah, economy sucks. Loaded show today. So much stuff. Someone's gonna quit talking. Got a six to nine round burst coming in. I am going to start with a story that sums up the left in my, from my perspective, um, a foreigner, but it is also locals getting insulted because people stood up and did the Pledge of Allegiance. Yes, we get this from the Daily Mail. TikTok users left horrified comments underneath the video of people standing for the National Anthem inside a California restaurant. The video was taken inside Rainbow Oaks Restaurant in Fallbrook. 17,000 people have commented on a viral video that has 450,000 likes. The 14-second video posted by a user identified as Paulina shows roughly a half dozen individuals standing for the Star Spangled Banner as it played on a TV screen. By far the most dangerous situation I've ever been in, Paulina wrote alongside the hashtag God bless America get out illegal white people things. The video was taken at the Rainbow Oaks restaurant in Fallbrook, a city located around 50 miles from San Diego. Oh, maybe all the Vets, you know, it's uh, where seals train. Uh, uh, maybe. Video since has amassed 450,000 likes and more than 17,000 comments, with many people from other countries chiming in to express shock. Serious question is this real? Like, people actually do this in real everyday life? In Spain, we don't even hear the national anthem that much, so this would 100% freak me out. As someone from the UK, this feels so dystopian. This feels like a horror movie. Everyone stands up as soon as the music plays. You find yourself being the only person not standing. Roll for initiative. I would be scared for my life. According to KUSI, the restaurant plays the national anthem every day at noon. One video posted by San Diego News Station in April shows the restaurant pack of customers all singing... The patriotic tune with their hands over their heart. The TikTok user who posted his now viral video of the salute was clearly not aware of the daily tradition and was stunned by the display. Shared less than a week ago, the video has garnered more than 3.1 million views. Not all who watched were moved by the large group standing at the national anthem. However, as a majority of the comments were outraged and disgusted. Serious question, is this real? Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah that's the left that's the left they live in a country the only country where you can dog it non-stop and not get tossed the fuck out but uh they still hate it they still hate it that's that's them It goes really well with more insurrection, this time in Texas State House. You know, we live in a very interesting time, a time that um, most of us never thought we'd see where our media has completely deep-sixed what happened in 2020, and they only focus on January 6th. This was an interesting video I got of a before and after in Minneapolis. We cover it all the time, and it, it's because it's not being covered. And this week alone, because of the rhetoric of the, the left media, I bet you didn't know that a Fox local station was shot up by a crazed leftist.
5: Like is this a threat?
4: Yeah,
6: and uh, this is the man police arrested, 26 year-old Jared Nathan. He said to be in court. Uh, this hour. They're going to have a video arraignment for him today, and Fox 13's Jeremy Pierre is in that courtroom right now. We'll share more about the court appearance as we get that information in.
7: And now we want to show you inside our Fox 13 lobby uh, where the man stood at those double glass doors and and, and shot into the lobby.
6: Yeah, Fox 13 Sheila O'Connor live in the lobby. This is where it happened, and Sheila, you were here when it happened.
3: Yeah, I was just sitting at my desk guys writing my story for the evening news when I heard a boom. Me and several other coworkers actually heard a boom and we were just kind of all looking around like what, you know, what was that? What's going on? And just kind of continued going on for a couple of minutes until our news director actually came down and said somebody shot at the building, stay in place, we were on lockdown now. Here is where that bo- through this is the second door to our front entrance you've got the bullet hole right there now this is ballistic glass and and the reason why we have this is because if you shoot at it it's not going to shatter Uh, we can go ahead and show you to the the bullet went through the window there ricocheted down onto our carpet and then actually hit our front desk here at the bottom and then went from the desk all the way up to the ceiling so a bunch of different areas in our lobby uh, now just kind of showing the signs of yesterday's shooting Let's show you the surveillance video because at least for me, when I saw it, guys, it was a very chilling moment when I watched it. Um, it kind of put everything into perspective of what could have happened. You really see the, the gunman, um, police identified him as Jared Nathan, walking into the first set of doors here, trying to open the second one. And then you see one of our security guards quickly getting out of the way because she noticed the rifle in his hand. And then you see the shot fired, the other security guard ducking for cover as well.
4: That is that rhetoric. We have this rhetoric about abortion, trans rights, that they're all losing the rights to be trans, which is not the case, and people are reacting because the left has an anger problem. Also, two more, and then I'm getting to our six and nine. One, I I just got a plate. we we went through this and we were told we were crazy because we said the left was trying to cancel gas stoves.
1: And Bill, this is big for climate advocates, but millions of people rely on gas t- to warm their home or to cook with.
8: Absolutely, it's a very emotional thing, cooking over fire, it's primal. People love the idea of, of a furnace burning in the, in the basement to keep them warm, or they like the way their food cooks, it's a cultural thing. But there is no doubt, the science is showing us that those choices are heating up the planet at a sort of a scary rate, uh, all put together, the buildings count for about twenty percent of carbon cook, you know planet cooking carbon pollution as well. So this is part of a wave of electrification across the country. New York, the first state, but there's about ninety different municipalities and counties. The first was Berkeley, California, a couple of years ago. But interestingly enough, a couple of weeks ago, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals struck down their ban on gas hookups to new buildings there., uh, but there's other routes to it, different building codes, energy codes that could make it this easier for others who want to do this. But of course, Natural gas industry, the lobby, some restaurant uh, lobbyists are, are fighting back against this. Uh, Republicans in New York saying, why, why shouldn't a New Yorker have a choice on how they heat their home as well? So uh, this is part of a sort of a, a simmering energy war. Even Governor uh, Perry down in Texas, or Governor Abbott, rather. Perry was the former one. Governor <laughs> Abbott has tried to ban gas bans. Uh, in his state and has, has threatened to sue other states that try to do this sort of thing. So this is the beginning of a big fight.
4: And then lastly, we spend a lot of time during Republican administration saying the lies that come from the podium and that the far right is what we need to be fearing. I'm going to play One minute and 16 cents seconds of what I like to call rhetorical terrorism that can get through the media. And it's okay. And this is a person who's in a position of power in our government because of her skin color and that she has a vagina, or maybe she doesn't because who the fuck knows with this administration. And then a leftist at a public meeting, just screaming. And that'll lead us into our six to nine round burst where the navy used a tranny to help recruiting
9: something tells me those top lines in that bill there are many republicans who could not vote for bills uh, that actually told the american people by line item what it means we've talked a lot about veterans if people get nervous about those veterans cuts and they decide not to do that, what's next? Cancer research? You zero out the highway money and the transportation bill? Go, look, we've done this before. Republicans have done this before. 2013, 2014, put a transportation bill on the floor, never left the floor because those cuts hurt communities, whether you're represented by a Democrat or Republican. So we've seen a, a partisan process that's vague on purpose. Where do you see the details? Let's see when the appropriations process falls down. I think they need to work out some of their own issues uh, to see if those top lines really uh, sell with congressional Republicans writ large when we see spending bills come through. Uh, and then they need to tell us what they can pass uh, and get to the president's desk.
10: Y'all have these armed guards, he's walking free.
8: Navy is under fire tonight over a recruiting pitch that some find in poor taste. We're going to show you what the fuss is all about. Here's correspondent Mark Meredith.
4: Tonight, videos like these featuring a Navy sailor and drag queen who goes by the stage name Harpy Daniels are raising questions about the Navy's recruitment methods.
7: Leave the saving of the world to the men. I don't
4: think so. The videos, which are going viral, are tied to Daniel's former role as a Navy digital ambassador. Fox has told the job ended in March. It was a pilot program meant to showcase diversity while recruiting Generation Z. On Capitol Hill, lawmakers are dumbfounded.
6: The Navy needs to explain why they thought it was a good idea to have a drag queen ambassador to try to solve the recruiting crisis when it's almost sure to exacerbate the recruiting crisis.
4: In a statement, the Navy says the initiative was quote designed to explore the digital environment to reach a wide range of potential candidates as the navy navigates the most challenging recruiting environment it has
2: faced since the start of the all volunteer force ohio senator jd vance says it's still a step too far look people can do whatever they want in the privacy of their own homes i don't
4: yeah there we are that's just there's fucking yeah that's that's fucking garbage that that is just Fucking garbage. Garbage. I say big time garbage. US Navy used Drag Queen influencer to attract a wide range of new troops as recruitment plummeted. Navy brought on a Drag Queen who's active duty sailor to a digital ambassador program aimed at targeting a wider array of potential recruits through digital platforms like Instagram, spokesman told the Daily Caller. The Navy is seeking different ways of reaching younger recruits. An effort is indeed being made to connect recruits to the interest and concerns of Gen Z. Lieutenant Ian Clark and PO Third Class Kyle Ackerson, U.S. Navy, wrote for U.S. Naval Institute Journal in 2023. Yeah. Yeoman Second Class Joshua Kelly, stage name Harpy Daniels. It's just a... A fucking nightmare and then you understand how we get these sound bites here is Biden in 2007 saying we're just gonna leave a bunch of shit for Afghanistan to use against us the Granholm talking about electric vehicles and the fucking Kremlin getting hit and it was probably us.
11: It's a big difference to tell the American people the truth about what our options are in ending this war.
4: If tomorrow the order goes out from the pre- I'm President of the United States, I issue an order, end the war today, begin to withdraw all American troops. It will take a year to get the American troops out. Do you hear me now? That's the truth. It will
8: take a year To get them physically out now if you leave all the equipment behind you might be able to do it in seven months do you support the
12: military adopting that ev fleet by 2030
7: i do and i think we can get there as well and i do think that reducing our reliance on the volatility of globally traded fossil fuels where we know that global events such as the war in ukraine can jack up prices for people back home it, it uh, does not contribute to energy security. I think energy security is uh, Achieved when we have homegrown clean energy that is abundant like you see mm-hmm. in Iowa We think that we can uh, be a leader globally in how we have become energy independent
4: Either fucking scary times folks, it's just fucking scary this shit could just get out of control like yesterday. Then let's get into the just the utter fucking disgusting hypocrisy that he sent 5, 1,500 troops to the border. Now, if we remember, under Trump, this was verboten. We couldn't do this. This was xenophobic. But yeah, Grandpa Mushmouth, Who gets his... I mean, do you know the motherfucker calls a lid every day at 2.30 because he can't work past 2.30? They can't even schedule past 2.30. But Mushmouth sends 1,500 troops down because Title 42 is going to get done and we're just going to let everybody come in. You're about to see that in a bit. We're just going to let the whole world up in this bitch. We're actually going down and fishing for people. We want more people because they want to win elections. Oh, yeah, they'll talk about how it's going to help our economy. Mm -mm. It's about voters. We can replace them. So on the really serious things, and we'll just go through our slideshow here. Army grounds of fleet. Got all these crashes. Killed in Thursday's crash with Chief Warrant Officer 3, Christopher Robert Armo, 39, of Aronton, New York. Chief Warrant Officer 2, Kyle D. Monikin, 28, of Colorado Springs. And Warrant Officer 1, Stuart Dwayne Waymer, 32. It appears that they were in Alaska and they collided. And this is the second collision because we had here one at Fort Campbell. So something's definitely going on. So they grounded it. Um... They were in the mountains. Which, you know, that's fucking horrible. Then we get this. At the same rate as soldiers, our leaders are committing suicide. And VA is doing nothing to improve it. I mean, we're still cranking out at 17 a day. Vet suicides. And there's no sense of urgency to fix this because our media runs shit like this. Now, for most of you who don't live next to base, you're like, oh, okay, well, we're checking IDs. Why is Tony spazzing? We've been checking fucking ideas since 2001. You can't get on any base without getting your IDs checked. 100%. That's everywhere. That's how we've lived for 20 years one two 22 can't do math fucking years but this is a highlight out of army times or military.com there is some positives there's some people that are trying to expand out because the system is so fucking broken and I'm literally visible proof of it because I'm still sick as fuck so many people have lost their fucking records because of the VI, VA going to Genesis. That's what they name, named it. Didn't they watch Terminator for fuck's sake? Fucking idiots. Then we got this. They won't give up the data because we are using federal funds to kill babies, which is against the Hyde Amendment. Eh. Not gonna change the PT test for gender concerns because that's all this administration cares about. They want a gender neutral PT test, which means dudes will get 300s, women will get low scores, and that'll be kinda bad. And because of the new PT test, our leaders aren't doing PT anymore. I don't see leaders ever. I see squads, which is fucking horse shit. Then one that I just really liked. Female commander investigated over alleged sexual assault of a male subordinate. I used to joke in the military that was something you'd never hear. You would never hear that. It just wouldn't happen. But it did. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, I tick-tocked. I had to take a piss. Sorry. So that's cool. I'm kind of down with that. This is the photo of them actually taking down our flag as we left another country because our embassies are falling everywhere. Just fucking garbage. Media doesn't care. Former Marine killed in Ukraine. That's not good. This is something Ukraine's doing. They're using video games to actually fire their machine guns so they don't get shot, which is pretty fucking cool. Video game controllers. Then we start getting into the ugly. One of our Reapers. This is over the horizon. I'm not going to cover it. We don't have enough ammo. Not going to cover it. Where are all these stories? And I don't even have them up here. Well, there's another one. I'm going to have a new program. Good. I'm doing great today. Just doing fucking fantastic. Fantastic job. Good job. Don't have fucking trainers. That's great. Navy wants to sell off his trouble literal combat ships. That's fucking fantastic. We got a new uh, glider. Look at that shit. I didn't think we had gliders. Russian fighter jets have harassed us. One of our Reapers almost got hit in Syria. And none of that has made the mainstream media because we're too busy defending Biden. But yeah, everything's great. It's just fucking fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. So, it's going to take us to our three minutes of zen for a lighter fare today. We're going to look at the Aurora Borealis, which came very much south. And we're going to start our stop top six by covering a soundbite from Fox News, the only news network that's using it or covering it, about the Biden crime family. Yeah, there's all sorts of crime. They got proof of all sorts of shit, but we're not going to cover it. Why would we?
13: Wow. Okay. Okay, this is incredible. Okay, this is incredible. You got to see this. Oh, wow. This is wow. Do you see this? Wow. It's the top of the sky right there. Do you see how it's boiling? It looks almost like it's boiling of light. Okay, this is almost a bit scary. It's so strong. (laughs) The Northern Lights, also known as Aurora Borealis, are one of the most beautiful and mesmerizing natural phenomena in the world. These lights, that can be seen in the cold, dark skies of the far north, illuminate the sky with an array of colors, from soft pastels to vibrant hues of green, pink and purple. It's no wonder that humans have been captivated by the beauty of the Northern Lights for as long as we walked upon this earth. This winter gifted us with many nights of Northern Lights, and I've got a lot of footage from these nights that I would love to share with you. Usually I've captured Northern Lights as time-lapses, which is the most common way. It's when the camera takes photos of the night sky and then put them together so it looks like a film clip. But it makes the Northern Lights move faster than it actually does in reality. And I feel like a bit of the magic is lost when you can't see that smooth dance of the lights. But it's been the only way since the cameras haven't been good enough to actually film the night sky in real time. Until now. I have a better camera now that can actually film the night sky and the northern lights. It's not the best quality, but it's good enough for you to see how northern lights looks like in real time. Sometimes it moves really slow and smooth, almost like a cloud. And sometimes it moves really quick over the sky. Wow! No! What's going on?
0: Wow, wow, wow!
13: (laughs) This is so beautiful! Wow! Oh, I haven't seen this strong northern lights in a long time. So, in this video, I've put together some of the footage that I recorded this winter. And the scenes of the Northern Lights you will see in this video is filmed in real time and no fast forward.
8: But first, breaking tonight, allegations that then-Vice President Joe Biden was involved in an influence-peddling scheme. It's a stunning allegation that raises a number of questions. Who is the whistleblower making this claim? Is that person credible? And what are authorities doing about it? The White House says the president has an unprecedented level of transparency and calls this a political attack. Senior national correspondent Rich Edson is here with our top story. Good evening, Rich. And
11: good evening, Brent. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer claims the FBI likely has a document describing this alleged criminal activity involving then Vice President Joe Biden. Comer has issued a subpoena for the purported document. He and Senator Chuck Grassley have been investigating the Biden family and their business conduct. They sent a letter this afternoon to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Chris Ray claiming, quote, a highly credible whistleblower maintains the Justice Department and FBI likely have a form that quote describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then vice president biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions it's been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose it's unclear who the whistleblower is the specifics of their allegations or if this document even exists
4: we have credible information that this uh, possible uh, criminal activity took place uh, and i can't verify whether or not it's uh, really a criminal activity but i do have uh, faith in the
11: whistleblowers grassley added he has a rough idea of what's in the alleged document the white house has just responded quote For going on five years now, Republicans in Congress have been lobbying unfounded, unproven, politically motivated attacks against the president and his family without offering evidence for their claims or evidence of decisions influenced by anything other than U.S. interests. The subpoena gives the FBI one week until noon next Wednesday to produce forms containing the word Biden from June 2020. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware is also weighing charges against Hunter Biden in a federal investigation that began in 2018.
4: Isn't that interesting? Do you think it'll do anything? No, nothing's going to change. They're not going to do everything. They're not going to fix shit. They don't even follow their own fucking rules. Here's another one. Joe Biden took, uh, took 2011 White House campus meeting with three Hunter associates. So it's clearly not true that he knows nothing about nothing because he's Mr. Mushmouth. And the worst part is the FBI knows this. They know this. Georgia victory. Legislation enforcing ban on Zuckbuck schemes signed into law because they're still doing it. They're still going to buy the election and run polling places and dump money only in liberal districts because it worked. In Trump, we're gonna save democracy and shit. We gotta save democracy by destroying democracy. It's what we do now. Before we get to the big skinny, which is going to be the fucking border, uh, we're gonna have uh, two hearings and how ill prepared these people are because when you just hire people because of their fucking skin color or that they suck dick it doesn't make them really good at the job
6: percent of global yeah but if you could
14: answer my question if we spend 50 trillion dollars to become carbon neutral in the united states of america by 2050 you're the deputy secretary of energy Give me your estimate of how much that is going to reduce world temperatures.
6: So, so first of all, it's a net cost. Um, it's what uh, benefits we're having from getting our act together and reducing all of those climate benefits. We're how, seeing. Let me ask again. Maybe I'm being right now. maybe
14: I'm not being clear. If we spent 50 trillion dollars to become carbon neutral by 2050 in the United States of America, how? How much is that going to reduce world temperatures?
6: This is a global problem, so we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much to, if
14: we do our, our part countries. is it going to reduce so world temperatures? So we're we're 13% of global emissions. You don't right know, now. do you? You don't know, do you? You can do the math. We need to You don't know, emissions. do you, Mr. Secretary? So we're 13% of if global you know, emissions. If you know,
6: we why won't you tell me? To, if we went to zero, that would be 13%. You of don't
14: know, emissions. do you? You just want us to spend 50 trillion dollars. And you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. Now, I'm all for carbon neutrality, but you're the Deputy Secretary of the Department of Energy, and you're advocating we spend trillions of dollars to seek carbon neutrality, and you can't, and this isn't your money or my money, it's taxpayer money, and you can't tell me how much it's going to lower world temperatures?
6: Senator Holland thank you mr chairman i just want to come back madam secretary to this trade-off between energy security and the radical climate change agenda that you've endorsed which is less energy security for america radical climate change agenda um on the subject of these sweeping mandates related to electric vehicles that the biden administration has imposed including now for our military the metals needed to make the lithium-ion batteries in those vehicles are of course lithium nickel graphite and cobalt now can you tell me what nation is the largest producer of refined lithium in the world? What
1: you doing? No, I can't.
6: It's China. Can you tell me which nation is the largest producer of refined cobalt in the world?
9: No, Senator.
6: It's China. Do you know what nation is the largest exporter of natural graphite to the United States globally? No, Senator. It's China. Okay. So in all of these instances, these mandates, your decision to trade off our energy security in favor of a radical climate change agenda is making us more and more dependent on China. And at the same time, you are denying mining, blocking mining, blocking permits for mines in this country that would allow us to develop nickel and copper and cobalt.
4: Here's just a few. We visited this a long time ago. Texas and Arizona are the only people that track this, but you can see The amount of people that are fucking shit up. Illegal entry. Sexual offenses. DUIs. myorcas Working with Central America to get more of them. And this is what it looked like before yesterday when Title 42 ended.
2: to illegal migration you've seen it come down by more than 90 percent where did that number come from it because was i CDP was speaking is telling us the number is i
1: hear you i'm about to answer
2: people i'm about to answer, about, about to answer you so if
11: far. you
1: if you if the dramatics could come down just a little bit I, you know, um, if it, the dramatics could come down a little what's bit dramatic
6: about asking a no. question about okay
1: i'm go- i'm gonna answer So I was speaking to the parolee program, as you know, the president put in place a parolee program to deal with, uh, to deal with certain countries uh, on on ways that we can limit illegal migration. And we have seen the data has shown us that it has gone down by more than 90 percent. That was what I was speaking to. to No, I'm we're we're going to go. We're going to move.
15: Go ahead. Go ahead. Go go ahead. It's difficult to describe, Jim, with words, so I want to walk so you can walk with me and just see the magnitude of the number of individuals who are around this church here, just, just streets from downtown El Paso. A lot of these individuals you'll see are males, adult males. A lot of the women with children are actually in shelters, in a network of shelters throughout El Paso. As you mentioned, the city of El Paso under a state of emergency, they declared a disaster uh, because of the influx, because they know that once Title 42 lifts, that there is going to be a greater influx of migrants. But here's the thing, so process this with me, Title 42 allows immigration agents to swiftly return migrants back to Mexico. So the obvious question as you look around is then why are there so many migrants if the federal government is actually implementing this title 42 then why are there so many migrants out here well here's what we know from talking to migrants and community leaders and officials on both sides of the border, I can tell you that thousands of migrants, nearly 40,000, are in at least four northern Mexican cities and frustration is boiling
10: over.
1: To the White House now, President Biden is sending 1,500 active duty troops to the southern border as a pandemic era policy restricting immigration comes to an end.
10: The White House is breaking for this sharp spike in migration to the U.S.-Mexican border and bracing for the political firestorm that is likely to come with this and they are trying to- to show that they are getting ahead of this, sending those 1,500 U.S. troops to the southern border. This is just one of several steps the White House is announcing as they prepare for the end of Title 42 next week. That, of course, is the public health policy that was used to quickly expel migrants during the pandemic. And overnight, the administration announcing this deal for Mexico to continue accepting migrants from Venezuela, Haiti, Cuba, and Nicaragua, who are expelled from the border. Now, the president and this White House know this surge is coming. They know that they are likely going going to face political attacks over this and the bottom line george is they are trying to show that they are taking this seriously
11: 1500 u.s soldiers are headed to the border amid concerns about the end of pandemic era restrictions
4: yeah that's that's great we're, we're totally fucked here's another one i wanted to get out there that they knew which is anybody surprised they knew I, i'm not surprised and then our last for our top six is going to be a crime. And then we're going to go into the longest. This is America. No, I'm sorry. We have two more segments. I'm, I'm totally fucked. Sorry. I'm not feeling good at all today. I'm just fucking up. Here's a crime one. It's almost normal now to hear stories like this.
3: A WOMAN ARRESTED MULTIPLE TIMES FOR A SERIES OF UNRELATED STABBINGS AND KNIFE ATTACKS BUT AVOIDING JAIL EACH TIME THANKS TO SOFT ON CRIME POLICIES IN LOS ANGELES. WELL, NOW CHARGED WITH MURDERING A FATHER OF TWO JUST WEEKS AFTER SHE WAS ARRESTED AND RELEASED AGAIN FOR ASSAULT WITH A DEADLY WEAPON. BILMALUSION FOLLOWING THIS STORY FOR US LIVE IN LOS ANGELES.
2: DANA, GOOD MORNING TO YOU. SOURCES IN L.A.D.A. GEORGE Gascone's OFFICE TELL ME THIS CASE IS A PRIME EXAMPLE OF THE DISASTER THAT CAN HAPPEN WHEN CALIFORNIA'S LOOSE MENTAL HEALTH DIVERSION LAWS combine WITH Gascone's SOFT ON CRIME APPROACH. SO TAKE A LOOK. THIS IS 23-YEAR-OLD JADE SIMONE BROOKFIELD. LAW ENFORCEMENT SOURCES TELL ME IN 2020 SHE WAS CHARGED WITH ATTEMPTED MURDER AFTER SHE STABBED A WOMAN IN THE CHEST, PUNCTURING HER LUNG. Her charges later reduced to assault with a deadly weapon, a violent felony, but instead of jail time, Brookfield was given mental health diversion. She later absconded and was cut from the diversion program but then was re- uh, re-enrolled and given another chance. Then in 2021, Brookfield was arrested for battery against a peace officer. Instead of jail, I'm told she was given mental health diversion, the case was dismissed. Later that same year, Brookfield was arrested again this time for making criminal threats after Sources tell me she assaulted a man, pulled out two knives, and threatened to kill him. But the case was rejected by LADA George Gascon's office, they say, for a lack of evidence. Then we fast forward to this year. In March, while still on diversion from her first knife attack, Brookfield was arrested again for another felony assault with a deadly weapon after sources tell me she repeatedly swung a knife at a bus driver who missed her exit. Inexplicably, Brookfield was then ordered released from custody with an ankle monitor, despite her violent history and despite her blatant violation of her diversion program. And that ended up being a deadly decision. Just weeks later in April, Brookfield was arrested again, this time for murder. After law enforcement sources tell me she fatally stabbed a man named Dennis Banner in an argument in in the street, she had her ankle monitor on at the time. Her diversion is now terminated, and only now is she finally being. Held IN CUSTODY AFTER ALLEGEDLY KILLING AN INNOCENT MAN. AND I REACHED OUT TO LADA GEORGE Gascon's OFFICE FOR A STATEMENT ON THIS. THEY TOLD ME THEY APPRECIATE THE PUBLIC CONCERN WHEN SOMEBODY IN A MENTAL HEALTH PROGRAM ALLEGEDLY COMMITS A SERIOUS CRIME. THEY SAY THEIR PROSECUTORS MAKE THE BEST DECISIONS THEY CAN IN LIGHT OF ALL THE AVAILABLE INFORMATION AND THAT THEIR HEARTS GO OUT TO THE VICTIMS IN THIS MATTER, END QUOTE. WE STAND READY TO SUPPORT THEM ON THEIR JOURNEY TO HEALING.
4: And then now, before going into the longest This Is America we've ever had, Tucker Carlson was taken off the air. But these two idiots, Nicole Wallace, which I edited down, but I'm going to hurt you now. I'm going to bring some pain on you because we need to be like them. We need to start taking people off the air. And Joy Reed's seven minutes of crazy floating head whisper rage. This doesn't need to be on the air. And we'll go directly into This Is America. And it is one, two, three, four, five, six sound bites. Still trying to dis or delegitimize. SCOTUS, because the left has White House, and they have the Senate, and they have the FBI, and they have the DOJ, and they have HHS, and they have HMS. They have every other three-letter organizations, the FBI, every school, every campus, every paper. But because their shit can't be legislated, and they know in the next term, because they've already rigged this election, they're going to do even more unconstitutional bullshit. Well, They can't have somebody check them because they're the fascists and they want unfettered monarchy power. And if they can take out SCOTUS, they have that power.
12: So we're wondering today, what exactly did Florida Governor Ron DeSantis think was going to happen? No one made him pick a fight with Disney. Disney over theme park authority? Did he expect a first-round knockout, an open layup that would demonstrate a willingness to go to war with a woke-whatever-that-means company? Because what he actually is getting, as he's faltering politically, big time, is an increasingly drawn-out legal battle with one of the state's largest employers, who's really popular in that state. The latest escalation happened today. The oversight board backed by DeSantis in Florida is now counter suing Disney, this time in state court. They suggest that Disney forced 11th hour deals with the old board so it could tie the hands of the new board and retain its authority. In federal court, meanwhile, Disney is already suing Ron DeSantis and the new oversight board, alleging political retaliation for coming out against the so-called don't-say-gay bill in Florida. And today, Disney's lawyers are getting help making their case from a very unlikely person, and that's Ron DeSantis. More specifically, his recently published memoir, in which he routinely flaunts the idea of a political retaliation campaign that he thought of all by himself against Disney. So much so that the actual lawsuit reportedly cites pages from his book, Joining us now, editor-at-large of The Bulwark, Charlie Sykes, plus Eddie Gladzier, here, chair of the Department of African American Studies at Princeton University. Caddy still with us. I mean, Charlie... <laughs> I'm not even yeah. gonna say it, but I'm, you know what I'm thinking. How dumb are they? Let me read you what Ron DeSantis wrote in his book, and then I'll show you where he bragged about waging a political retaliation campaign against Disney, quote. This is from our friend Greg Sargent over at the Post. DeSantis's book brags about his rapid mobilization of the state legislature to target Disney's tax district. The same passage declares that this happened because of the company's support of indoctrinating young school children in woke gender identity politics that admits to retribution against speech opposing his legislation. DeSantis' book rips Disney for vowing to work to repeal the governor's law, describing this as a frontal assault on it. That, too, is a description of political speech, yet the book menacingly declares that after this, things got worse for Disney. And that it would soon find out the truth about Florida's war with Disney. That the state would punish it in that speech. And then here, you know, it's, it's, it's got some echoes to the Trump story. There's always a confession. Let me play
5: it. Yeah. Listen, friends, you need to hear me. The Republican Party, at this stage in its development, is at war with the rest of us. They're at war with women and women, if you think they're gonna stop with just outlawing the abortion pill, you got another thing coming. When they're done getting a national ban on abortion, which is what they're going for, they're coming for your birth control. And when they're done with that, they're gonna move on to LGBTQ rights. They're coming for gay marriage don't think that you if you're lgbtq but you're rich and affluent and republican that you're safe because they're coming for your rights too they're coming for all non-white immigration because look if they can force american women to give birth who needs immigration they'll just replenish the impoverished desperate workforce with poor people they force american women and girls, little girls, teenage girls, and younger to make. They're coming for workers rights because once they have their population of low wage workers, why give them any rights? Why give them the right to unionize? Why give them any rights at all? Give them low wages and then give them nothing else. They're coming for education because the last thing you want is an educated workforce are educated people who know history and know enough about history to see what they're doing. They're coming for your books. They're coming for black history. They're coming for Holocaust history. They're coming for the history of all nine white people and they're gonna erase it from our schools. And one thing that they will never do is protect a single child from getting slaughtered in school because their only true worship is guns. They're gonna allow as many assault weapons to flood our society and our schools as the gun manufacturers wanna put out there. And then they're gonna demand that all of the people who they control, whether they give birth, who they control, whether they can vote, who they control, whether they can marry, whether they can see a drag show or perform in one, they're gonna force every single one of those people to subject themselves to constant risk of death. Getting shot down at school, at the Walmart, at the top supermarket, at the mall, at a parade, at a concert, walking down the street, third grade, fourth grade, 12th grade, they don't give a damn how many people die They're coming for black power. You think they're gonna stop with what they did in Tennessee? Florida Republicans are already studying that and saying we can do the same thing. You think they're gonna stop by just evicting troublemaking black lawmakers in one state? Anyone who displeases them is on the menu. So if you don't comply, they'll just throw you out of your state house. They want one party state. They're coming for our literal freedom, our freedom of movement, this law that says that in Idaho you can't leave your state to get abortion care. Well, I mean, what will it matter now once they make the pill illegal everywhere? They're coming for blue states. They don't care if you live in a state where you have liberal government and where you have a liberal population. They sure don't care about that in Nashville. They want every state to comply. They want to turn every state into their white Christian nationalist hell that they control. And then they're gonna curtail your voting rights so you can't undo it. If we don't wake up, and now I wanna really talk with my white sisters because you all are still voting 60-40 for them. You're still letting them control you and your body in states like Texas. in states like Tennessee, in states like Florida. Your daughters aren't so much. because young white folk, they don't figured it out. They're now voting majority, Democratic because they understand when they vote that the only solution to the extremism of the modern day Republican Party is for them to lose. If they don't start losing elections, and I mean everywhere from dog catcher, to State House, to State Senate, to school board, to Congress, to the presidency, until they lose all of it, and they are stripped of power, they are never gonna moderate. But if they lose, if you are a Republican and you care about your party, The only solution to their extremism is for them to lose. When they lose enough elections and they lose enough power and they lose control of enough states, they will moderate. And then we will have two normal political parties again. And I'm not saying this because the Democrats are outstanding or perfect, but they're normal and they don't want total control over your womb and they're willing to protect you from gun violence and gun death and gun massacres. So all I have to say is this, especially my young folks, you need to register to vote and you need to vote in every election, off year, on year, local, state, national, all of them. And you need to vote them all out. Even the nice ones. You think, you know, this is a Republican, I like them, they seem nice, vote them out because until that party begins to lose on an epic scale, they can't moderate because they are captive to a base that is so extreme, that is so Christian nationalist, that they can't be fixed until they lose. The Republican party is at war with the rest of us. The Republican party is at war with the rest of us. They have embraced White Christian nationalism and extremism. And the only way to fix it is they gotta lose. It's DEF con 1, y'all. We damn near in Gilead. Wake up. Wake up. Take action. And stay woke. This is America. Don't get you slipping no.
9: Don't get you slipping no what I'm whipping
6: up. This is America. Don't slipping
5: up. Don't catch you slipping up. Look what I'm whipping up. And This is America. The
6: threat is we will deny you security unless you do what we want. Let me say it again. We will deny you security unless you do what we want. We had an assassin come to the home of Justice Kavanaugh and try to murder him. We have had credible threats on the lives of other justices. And now members of this body say we will deny you security for you, your families, your children, unless you do what we want. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Judge Mukasey, can I just ask you, longtime distinguished jurist, former Attorney General of this country, do you think it's appropriate to threaten the security of, of justices of the United States and their families? in order to get them to comply with the wishes of this body? No. Have you, have you heard of something like this being done before? I have not. I haven't either.
16: But why are there no rules? Right? I don't think it goes far beyond common sense to think mm, a chief justice's wife shouldn't get paid millions of dollars from a law firm. A big fat developer who's politically active shouldn't be taking you on multi-hundred thousand dollar vacations. And you shouldn't be getting into real estate transactions with heads of law firms that appear before your court. Why aren't there already rules around that, Peter? Man, Katie, this is a dream job. You're on the bench for life and you can kind of do whatever you want with no rules. The irony, these are the people who sit. They, they're, they, these are the judges, and they have no rules that apply to them.
12: I mean, they have no rules that apply to them, but they're starting to feel the forces that have impacted every other American institution. They're just coming later to the Supreme Court, which is an extreme call for transparency, which is the public being able to voice its own opinions, its own doubts more loudly than ever, and then a loss of faith in an institution. And what's so important about faith when it comes to the Supreme Court, when it comes to law enforcement functions, is that if people do not have faith that they're fundamentally fair and they fundamentally work, that really eats away at the bedrock of what we think of as American democracy.
7: Well, that takes us back, Ruth, because you and I covered the 1991 <laughs> hearings of Clarence Thomas um, versus Anita Hill from an oil all-male all male judiciary committee. So, Ruth, we, we focus on Clarence Thomas because of the revelations that Harlan Crow, a very prominent billionaire, Republican contributor, friend of Clarence Thomas, bought his mother's house, renovated it, in addition to supporting Clarence Thomas in round-the-world trips um, without any uh, disclosure on his disclosure firms?
16: Yes, in
17: in a better world, Andrea, in a serious world, that story would have prompted two things. It would have prompted soul-searching among the justices about whether they are doing enough to make sure that their behavior is as Judge Ludig, he was almost Justice Ludig, by the way, Um, as Judge Ludig said, whether their behavior was up to the proper standards, and if not, what they needed to do about it. It also would have sparked a, and I know this is an imaginary world, I'm talking about a bipartisan conversation among members of the
15: judiciary. And Joe, uh, once again, it's really, hard not to see how this Supreme Court justice was not exposed to being, uh, to having his objectivity impacted, let's just say it kindly, um, by all the gifts over the course of decades by a Republican donor. And then you add the fact, and again, we try and be objective ourselves, but it's hard not to notice his wife texting Mark Meadows, you know, and completely involved in certain things that seem to be part of the big lie
4: but we're, and then we're, you
15: wonder what is going on yeah,
4: regardless <laughs> of those who reflexively defend
8: him th- this has been a horrible two years two and a half years for justice thomas's legacy and yeah. and for republicans <laughs> who are, are are trying to f- dismiss this i can't even begin to imagine what would happen if it were Justice Sotomayor, My if Lord. it was Justice Kagan. Please. If
4: it, 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 this, is, this is, again, let's be really clear about this. I, everybody at this table would be shocked and outraged
8: and be critical if this were. We're going to turn now to the new report on Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas
1: and payments he allegedly accepted from a GOP mega-donor. Elizabeth Schulze is tracking the latest. Good morning, Elizabeth.
16: Good morning, George. This is the latest in a series of stunning allegations that Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas accepted big financial gifts from a prominent Republican donor without properly disclosing them. ProPublica reports this morning the GOP billionaire donor Harlan Crow paid for the private school tuition for Clarence Thomas's grandnephew, who Thomas was raising as a son since the late 1990s. The total amount paid isn't known. Thomas previously called Crow a dear friend. He hasn't yet commented on on this latest report, but no doubt about it, there are glo- growing calls for more transparency of the court here. All nine justices have rejected an independent oversight call. Yeah, George.
1: They have been resisting, but this is going to increase the pressure. Yeah.
16: So, is he saying
10: anything?
1: Is Harlan saying anything? So, the justice is not saying anything. The, co- the court is not saying anything. I reached out. Um, Crow actually did put out a statement essentially saying that he's been passionate about education issues, the importance of education, giving back to those less fortunate. He basically called this a political hit job. Um, He's been critical of ProPublica's reporting on he and Thomas's relationship in the past. In the past, Thomas has actually said that he relied on others for advice about what he was supposed to disclose or not, unclear whether he'll say anything about this latest report. But again, the larger context is here is that this is a series of gifts made Mm -hmm. from this same man.
15: What do you think, Barbara? Why report one but not the other? What does that indicate to you?
10: This is a bright red flag. This is, uh, along with all of the other episodes of receiving funds from Harlan Crow, the kind of conflict of interest that just cannot stand on our Supreme Court. It is uh, very suspicious, I think, that he would report one and not the other. It seems that this is an effort to conceal the ties to Harlan Crow. It does not appear that there is any evidence that justice thomas made any decisions directly advancing the interests of harlan crowe but that's not the point this is a conflict of interest this shows that justice thomas is owned by another person these are the kinds of things that would uh, completely bar someone from getting a security clearance in other branches of government because it would suggest that that person is beholden to another could be blackmailed by another and owes another And the idea that a sitting justice of the Supreme Court is taking this kind of money from another person is just untenable. Uh, Abe Fortas resigned from the court over far less than this. And I think it's time that Justice Thomas do the same.
4: It is a full court press with the media ignoring the liberal guys who have ethics or the women. They want to defund their security. Look at all these articles. It is rampant. America's Supreme Court faces a crisis of legitimacy. Legitimacy, I say. They're fishing out in public. Do you know anything about? We're still reporting. Know something? We should know related to the Supreme Court. Get in touch. Justice ProPublica. Cell signal. WhatsApp seven four four eight two six six two four zero. So me, the first reply, Sotomayor declined to recuse herself from multiple copyright infringement cases involving book publisher Pingham Random House. My tweet, or somebody else's tweet, "You and your team deserve a Pulitzer. You're doing an extraordinary job revealing the corruption in the highest court of our country? Please keep at it." I sent a tip about Sotomayor getting paid 3.6 million from Penguin. Mine. Leftists planning more on constitutional, unlegislatable, far-left idiocy to be working this hard to burn down SCOTUS. Or having all media, social media, every three-letter nonpartisan order pushing their far-left ideology isn't enough. They want fascist total control. And that is what it is. They want unfettered, 100% control. How do I know? Well, let's look at Randy Weingarten. After Randy Weingarten went out and lied and ran that video and the media helped her do it, PolitiFact burned their complete integrity. Teaching Union President Randy Wyhart advocates reopening schools with pandemic safety measures. She criticized the Trump administration calls to reopen schools fully, but it's misleading to claim that she opposed reopening. The entire world scold-drugged them because now community notes work both ways. Interesting concept. During the early COVID-19 pandemic, American Federation of Teacher President Randy Weihard advocated for schools to reopen for in-person learning provided they use safety precautions. She often referred to a reopening plan the union's release in April. Weingarten criticized Trump administration, blah, blah, blah. People literally dogpiled this to an extent that, my God, the community notes now have one two three 20 of her links weingarn called the secretary asian called for school to reopen in fall of 2020 reckless callous and cruel and it keeps going and going and going because it's a lie ap style is running this woke a slang term that originally describes enlightening or awakening about issues of racial and other forms of social justice. Some people in groups, especially conservatives, now use it as derogatory sense, implying what they see as overreaction, avoid using the term other than in direct quotation enclosed in and quotation marks when used. They even have the police department. Here's Metropolitan Nashville, because a council... We're not going to release the manifesto, which has nothing to do with anything other than they want to help out the left. So Greenwald comes on in. This makes no sense. Doesn't a dozen of Tennessee citizens sought to release the national under uh, manifesto on the manifesto under freedom of information litigation happened because the PD wouldn't release it. Can't help but notice the extreme media interest in the manifesto and the manifesto of the attacker is a Buffalo massacre and those like it and the complete lack of media interest for this one. More here on the disturbing attempt to continue to conceal the manifesto and then we come to find out that the guy is a big time, uh, the PD chief is a gigantic lip. So, well, that doesn't surprise me at all. They know if this gets out, it's bad for them because it just shows their rhetoric like the Fox News station getting fired up by a lefty is starting to really affect their very, very angry base. They've whipped these people up, believing that they are the only people that could save fucking democracy. And without them, you won't be able to save fucking democracy. Well, they're doing it again. on a subway case that they're trying to turn into george floyd part d the video
16: shows three strap hangers subduing the 30-year-old man after witness juan alberto vasquez says he got on the northbound f train and began acting aggressively threatening riders law enforcement sources with knowledge of the case confirm his account saying according to a witness the man began shouting quote I want food. I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm ready to go back to jail, and I'll hurt anyone on this train.
14: The man got on the subway car and began to say a somewhat aggressive speech, saying that he was hungry, he was thirsty, and he didn't care about anything, he didn't care about going to jail, that he didn't care that he gets a big life sentence, and it doesn't matter if he died.
16: VASQUEZ SAYS HE WAS SCARED AND BELIEVES OTHERS ON THE TRAIN WERE, TOO. THAT'S WHEN HE SAYS A 24-YEAR-OLD RIDER CAME UP BEHIND THE MAN AND PUT HIM IN A chokehold, HOLDING HIM THERE ON THE GROUND. TWO OTHER MEN STANDING OVER THEM ALSO HELPED SUBDUE THE MAN.
14: IF THERE WAS FEAR, THE PEOPLE WHO WERE BLUISH OR WHO WERE THERE, WHERE HE SEPARATED EVERYTHING, MOVED FROM THEIR PLACE, I STAYED SITTING IN MY PLACE BECAUSE IT WAS A LITTLE FURTHER AWAY, BUT OBVIOUSLY THOSE MOMENTS, WELL, One thinks fear, one thinks he may be armed.
7: Not aware of evidence of that, and uh, once it came to light, uh, we parted ways.
0: I don't know know if you saw
16: the video of the man who was killed in a chokehold on the subway uh, here in New York City this week. Um, uh, The man who put him in the chokehold was released without charges. I wanted to get your take. If you've seen the video, if you think the man who put him in the chokehold should have been released without charges, and I know it kind of gets into this broader... People's questioning, question of subway safety, and people felt unsafe. and they did not seem to be uh, acting violent. I so just to get your
7: take. No, and again, one element we have not talked about is the billion-dollar investment we have in mental health services. So we don't have people who are in our are you know, homeless in our subways, have many of them in the throes of mental health episodes. And that's what I believe are some of the factors involved here. And you no, know, people, there's consequences for behavior, and. I will look at it more closely to find out whether the state has a role. People who have been out on parole have different consequences and a judge can make a decision on whether to hold someone or a DA can make a decision to, to charge them. But in a case where someone is on parole, then the state has an ability, as we've done before in more serious cases, to ensure that someone is held uh, during, during pending the outcome of the episode. But no, that was deeply disturbing and that causes a lot of fear in people and actually the mayor and I are working so hard to restore that sense of safety. We have the cameras on the subways. We have more police officers. We're assisting with overtime. We've been doing so much and the the numbers have been improving. The number of crimes on subways has been declining and I don't want people to feel anxious again when something like that comes to light. No, it is deeply disturbing.
0: That's
8: Governor, the uh, mayor just told me outside that there's nothing he can do about it. Buses from Texas full migrants uh, landing at the Authority bus terminal. We had one-
16: on a turnout of the growing outrage over the death of a man on the New York City subway. The 30- year- old with a history of mental illness died Monday after being placed in a chokehold after witnesses say he was threatening other passengers. CBS's Lilia Luciana reports the medical examiner has ruled the death a homicide. This shocking video shows 30-year-old Jordan Neely in a chokehold with three New York City subway riders holding him down for several minutes. Witnesses say Neely was acting erratically and making verbal threats when a 24-year-old Marine veteran stepped in and held Neely in a chokehold. He doesn't let go until his body goes limp. Former Manhattan assistant DA Michael Bachner: Can someone see someone acting erratically and hold him in a chokehold?
8: Under New York state law, a person can only use the level of force necessary, reasonably necessary, to stop the conduct.
16: Buckner says a self-defense claim may not be as simple for a trained Marine. A Marine
8: knows how to seduce somebody without choking them out. They're taught battle technique. What
16: do we want? Neely's death has sparked outrage and protest. Including from officials like New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who posted this tweet saying Neely was murdered. Mayor Eric Adams pushed back.
8: I don't think that's very responsible
17: at the time where we're still investigating the situation. We grew up together in foster care.
16: Larry Smith says he remembers his friend as a talented Michael Jackson impersonator who battled homelessness and the trauma of his mother's murder when he was a teen.
2: Jordan did not deserve this. He did not deserve to get choked out in America. His mental health came from autism, it came from depression, it came from sadness, but it really came from abandonment.
16: The Manhattan VA's office said they're carrying out a rigorous investigation. That includes reviewing that medical examiner's report, which concluded it was the chokehold that killed Neely, as well as the video.
15: Growing controversy, a death of a man put in a chokehold by a former Marine after he allegedly threatened passengers on a New York City subway, now declared a homicide. An investigation underway as anger and protests erupt. Was it a case of vigilante justice
1: or an act of bravery? This incident happened on Monday, but scrutiny has continued to grow as this video circulated. And yesterday, Jordan Neely's death was ruled a homicide. The district attorney identified the man as Jordan Neely, A witness says that Neely got on the subway and began, quote, a somewhat aggressive speech. Manhattan Borough President Mark Levine writing that Neely was a subway entertainer who performed dance routines in costume as Michael Jackson. Levine adding, he always made people smile our broken mental health system failed him. He deserved help not to die in a chokehold on the floor of the subway. Police say the 24-year-old rider who put Neely into the chokehold was taken into custody for questioning and later released. Deadly subway chokehold.
8: What happened inside a New York subway car that led to a man's
4: death? the protest and the fallout this morning.
6: This case is already getting strong reaction on
4: all sides. New York City has had a number of alarming incidents recently on the subway, but this time when a passenger decided to take matters into his own hands, it resulted in a man's death. Witnesses say Jordan Neely, who is believed to be homeless, was shouting and threatening passengers when a 24-year-old Marine veteran jumps in, placing Neely in a chokehold. Some protesters gathering Wednesday calling for an arrest. The man who pinned Neely down was questioned and then released neely is recognizable to some in new york city as a michael
2: jackson impersonator who frequently danced in times square records show he'd been arrested more than 40 times on the subway
4: i'll hurt anyone on this train jordan neely if this happened on a plane he would have been taken down immediately no questions asked but oh yeah in the media there are questions being asked. They're, they're losing their fucking shit over this. Washington Post, and I don't know if I got the slide for it. There it is. 30-year-old black man was killed on a New York subway this week after a fellow writer who was white confronted the man when he was screaming and placed him in a chokehold for several minutes, according to witness accounts. The New York Times, 30-year-old man died on a subway on Monday after he was placed in a chokehold. The police said, witnesses said the victim had been acting in a hostile and erratic manner towards passengers on the train when another man, 24, moved to restrain him. In their article, but of course, the race came into play. And then our race hustlers, Anna Presley, Black men deserve to grow old, not be lynched on a subway because they're having mental health crisis. Jordan deserved better. Accountability now. Lynched. Play the race card. It's easier than thinking. That's a meme that's going around. I can't believe that a white man just attacked and killed this poor black former trying to feed his family. He hasn't done the MJ routine in years. Last time I saw, it was 2015 or so. Lately, he's been resorting to harassing and making threats at innocent subway passengers. If you cared about mental health, you would advocate for involuntary commitment of these people, but you won't. I see the left has agreed on this outrage season. Riot phrase. Which Republican is to blame for this happening in New York City, Congresswoman? This is what happens when you defund the police. 100% your policies. 100%. But of course, she was not alone. Actual New York Congress person came right out and did the same thing. Jordan Neely was murdered, but because Jordan was homeless and crying for food in a time when the city is raising rents and stripping service to militarize itself while making many in power demonize the poor. The murderers get protected with passive headlines plus no charges. It's disgusting. I bet she worked on that tweet for 20, 30 minutes at least. That's a lot of craftiness. Mark Hemingway, NBD, just Congresswoman ignoring many salient facts that publicly accuse someone of murder. To be clear, I'm open to the idea that when it's fully investigated, the guy may get charged with something as a result of the guy's death, but murder? It's weird people with long, violent criminal records like Jordan Neely and George Floyd always get the benefit of the doubt. Nothing they did matters. But a Marine who served his country and has no criminal record, he can constantly be judged as a murderer by AOC. The communist does not want us to defend ourselves from the mentally ill. We're supposed to let them terrorize us on the subway. Sad this poor fellow died. Doesn't seem that it was the intent. Looked like the guy just wanted to restrain him from terrorizing people on the subway. Then we actually get the people that weren't for it. Oh, here's Wapo. Let's play this. Yeah, they 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 want another Floyd. It's a perfect timing. 2020 and help the election. It's 2023. Let's strike up nationwide riots.
2: 3 p.m. You know what I'm saying? So, going back from the old scorecard. When we
10: walk out of this train station today, I want
0: everybody to understand that
4: you would never have been on the train if you was out. So, when you meet this train, you walk out no media is going to play. This guy's name is Black Westerite. Thanks to Unsafe Street U.S., I wanted to give a name to a victim of subway crime that was ignored. Tommy Bailey, family man who worked as a union steam fitter, father of three children. He saw a homeless man harass an NYPD officer, told a man to stop. The homeless man, who had a history of violence, stabbed Bailey in the neck, killing him. I heard nothing from the same New York politicians calling what happened to Jordan Neely, calling his death a lynching, or write posts about black men seen to always getting stabbed. A lot, Jamal Bowman, New York, when I see the same people who literally ignored a law-abiding black man doing a good deed, getting stabbed by a homeless criminal who's why trying to radicalize a criminal who happened to be black dying with no evidence of racism. Yeah, I have a problem with all you fuckers, and he lists them all. Good on him. Cause it's just fucking horseshit. They're just trying to stoke up stuff. Just stoke it up. Stoke it up because that's what we do. Because we don't want to cover the left, making it illegal to charge trannies for exposing themselves. Looking at you big sis, it's Colorado.
17: These types of laws have been used to ban drag shows, to target individuals who use the restroom, of the sex that they identify with, a public restroom, to charge them with felony charges. I am very concerned about the attacks against the transgender community that are happening across the country. When I initially read this bill, it did not even come to mind, for me either, as an advocate. But as I've looked at the bills and as I've talked to my colleagues who are fighting these types of bills across the country, it's very clear to me that the language is very much mirrored in some of the laws that have been used to target members of our community because of who they are.
4: Yep, 27 Democrats voted against that, saying it was... Uh, this was the Bill summary Under current law, indecent exposure is a class 1 misdemeanor except that it is a class 6 felony for third or subsequent offense. The bill makes indecent exposure a class 6 felony if committed in the view of a person who is under 18 years of age. And you heard it. It targets drag shows because their junk always falls out. I don't know if I played this, but I want to play it because... Here is the facialization, uh, the facial feminization reveal for Dylan Mulvaney that goes on for a minute and 47 fucking seconds. And then a Moonbat mom talking about at 18 months, she realized her boy was a boy because he verbalized he wanted to play with trucks. This social contagion is really dangerous.
13: wonderful and trace elegant especially at christmas time
16: Um, And then, I short, sorry, I was k- Christmas shopping for them. They were 18 months old, and I bought one of those toy tool benches, and I was making the joke that, well, when one of them comes to me and says they're a man when they're 18, I can't say I didn't see it coming, just because they kind of did draw to boy toys, and I was just making a joke. But I am so glad I said it out loud, because I have that in my mind now that at 18 months old, something, something somewhere was telling me what he knew all along. Sure, of course okay um but so when he could start talking he articulated to me that he was a boy mommy i'm a boy
4: they're even doing this ethnic cleansing apartheid state but because of dylan Mulvaney. Anheuser-Busch CEO finally disavows Dylan Mulvaney. Bud Light Partners says it was not a campaign after firms firm sent letter to retailer, retailers blaming an outside ad agency for approving it without management awareness. A sales crash. 26%. They've lost $1.65 billion. I think the best way to sum up the left right now, and why I fear them more than the <laughs> right... Those are all lefties. That sums up what we're dealing with. These are the people that are pushing our policy in Washington. These are the people that the admin that we voted in who was supposed to be a moderate, or I don't know we voted him in. Let me rephrase that because 81 million votes is kind of bullshit. But they're... Pushing policy—that's the policies of our country right now. So that—that's what's making us all crazy. And I—I—I I, I end, and I know it's been a whirlwind of sound bites today, but I—it just came all at once. Here's a guy in Indiana, and why not? Councilman is coming out as a transgender,
16: as transgender and a woman of color. Delaware County Councilman Ryan
5: Webb announced that he now identifies as an Indian American woman. Since that announcement, he's received some support, but a lot of backlash, many calling him childish, despicable, even calling for things like execution. In a statement Webb gave to ITMate, he says, quote, It is unfortunate that I cannot simply be given the same space and respect to explore my identity that so many of those targeting me demand for themselves. It's possible I may change my mind down the road. The process of identity exploration is complex and oftentimes at the end of our personal journey, we end right back where we started. Webb goes on to tell ITMate this is just his true authentic self.
4: did you hear it execution she just said as a matter of fact because if you're mocking this religion of wokeness and transness and everything is a spectrum and it's not real well you need to be executed or at the minimum sent to a re-education camp that's local news it's a social contagion. So, what did we learn today? Well, we learned from beginning to end the Biden administration could pull as many crimes as they want. These kids are brainwashed, so they're going to vote for them anywhere. Saluting the flag is dystopian. You can pull an insurrection as a lib, it's all good to go. You can shoot people, if you're a lib. We're not going to release your manifesto, and if it's a Fox News station, we don't give a fuck. We learn that he is hiring some fucked up people. The Navy's hiring fucked up people. We're really close to going to war. The Royal Burley Alice is really, really pretty, and I love it. The hearings show these fucking people don't know what the fuck they're doing. Our border is about to be overrun, and they're looking for more because it's just not enough and the media don't care. Crime is getting worse and worse and we're not going to change it. Joy Reid's a fucking racist. They're going to burn down SCOTUS because they don't have control of it and they want it. And now a guy who beats the fuck out of people, but he happens to be black, got lynched on a subway and we're going to have more fucking riots. And oh, by the way, Dylan destroyed Bud Light. That's our show in a nutshell. I want to feature this. I just got this as a gift from my wife. I love cactuses. I always kill cactuses. This cactus is probably not long for this world, but it'll sit here on the new podcast bench, and I hope it sounds okay. I got a spell check from uh, my bro. Matt in Oregon said it sounds pretty good. Todd in Oregon contributed to a piece and for the love of God, it got put in here and it got used, but I didn't do the male motherfucker. So Todd, you, I suck. I'm a horrible host. I should have fucking done my male motherfucker, but I had the show set up and then I got his email and then I threw it on in here and I can't even tell you what the subject was because it was good and I added it to the pile so it, it was there. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Politics Podcast. Share with your family and friends. Go to SoundCloud, Flyover, Politic with a K, Rumble482467, and email me at foppodcasts at gmail.com to tell me I suck or you want to add some shows. Our next show, um, let's go Wednesday. I got my colonoscopy, which I don't even know I'm going to pull this off. The evening's not bad, but I don't know how I'm going to drink that shit early in the morning because I want to puke every morning. I don't know how I'm going to pull it off, but I got to do it. The 9th, I'll be sedated, so probably not a good day to do a podcast. So we'll go with the 10th of May, year of our Lord, 2023. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah-yeahs. And as always, thank you all for listening, and you take care.